Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. So, uh, awesome. Well, Merry Christmas. Can you hear me now? That's better. I was like, I'm full of a bunch of grunts. <laughs> Grinches in this church this morning. No one wants to do Merry Christmas. I was like, good Lord. I was like, I should go back to Hanukkah and start over. <laughs> we already started the service out of order, right? Because lately I've been preaching first and then we switched back. And so you guys will never know how this is going to go. So, so you should buckle your seatbelt because we're not going to get hung up in, in that kind of stuff, right? So anyway, I just want to um, read some scriptures to you this morning. Um, let's pray first. Father, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just loving us and being there for us, and we give you the praise. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning. In the mighty name of Yeshua, amen. So I'm going to preach the gospel from Colossians. I'm going to give you a um, Christmas message from Colossians chapter 2. You guys ready for it? You're like, Pastor James, what's the matter with you? That's not where Christmas is found. (laughs) Well, look, it's not found much in Matthew. Mark just skips it, right? If you really want to find out what's going on in Christmas, you go to Luke, right? And so, um, which we might accidentally find our way back there anyway but I wanted, I was reading some stuff and it really clicked in, in, in my heart and it's in Colossians chapter 1 says this I want you to know how I am struggling for you and for those at, at Laodicea and for all you know what time out I just next time if God ever does another Bible I just asked that he put real names in there, like like Wichita, Salt Lake City, you know, something that's like normal, Laodicea, I mean, good Lord, or stays, like, just go Montana, I mean, everybody can say Montana, if you can't say Montana, well, I mean, anyway, that's just, a, never mind. Can I, I'll call it Louisiana, there we go, never, I'm joking. So, anyway, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. Now, listen to what he's saying. He's saying... He had such a heart for these people that even when he's away from him, he stru- what he's saying when he's struggling, he's saying he, he had such a desire for them that he wanted them to see who, who Jesus really was and that he was alive and that he, he just isn't something that stories are made out of, right? Like we got all these stories and I love these stories. Like this is our Christmas movie season and I have seen about every Christmas movie on the planet. I've seen a new one that, this week, actually. We found a new one. But 
I have seen at least every Christmas movie at least 20 times, right? <laughs> because I've been married 22 years to the Princess of Christmas, and she loves these movies. So, so, so we see all these movies and all these things going on, and we get caught up in stories. And stories are great. I love the stories. I love hearing the stories. One of my favorite ones is the Santa Claus. Anybody ever watched Santa Claus with Tim Allen? Or Christmas with the Cranks? Man, that dude is the only actor on the planet who can pull off being a crank and Santa Claus and do a great job with it. And so, so I just love him. I love his movies. But we're watching the movie, and then, then you see Mother Nature and Cupid and, and Father Time or the Sandman and, and, you know, the Easter Bunny and all these all these. Um, different stories, right? And we forget when it really comes down to Christmas, one of the things I worry about that we forget is that we think that maybe Jesus is just another story. It's just another tale that, that we're told. And I love, I love all those stories, right? I love having fun with all that stuff. But it comes down to a real thing in our lives that Jesus isn't just a story, it's just not something that someone made up and told a story about or something that, that was a long time ago and then no one, it doesn't have any effect on our life right now. And I think what was going on with Paul in, if, in being a pastor and a church planner and wanting to see people meet Jesus on a, in a real way. And so one of my, one of my greatest fears as a pastor or as a leader, is that if people find a religion but don't find a relationship, I have totally failed as a shepherd. Because my job is not, my job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, not to do the ministry for people, but to show you guys Jesus. And if I fell in that, I fell completely. And so my heart is always to point to 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 Yeshua, point to Jesus. And the Bible says that if He is lifted up, He'll draw all men unto him. Not unto me, not unto a religion, not unto traditions, not unto... To, and traditions are great in their place. Having faith is great, but there's a difference between a faith and a religion. But that he will draw all men unto him. And that's the most important thing. If people can see, see Yeshua, then they're going to win in life. Their life will never be the same because he's the light of the world, right? And if, and if he shines, then, then it's dispelling darkness, right? And then we have that light in us, so that's real important. And I, here's another thing. Like, I might get to my message before this is over. <laughs> This is the season of light. We got Hanukkah. How many people got Christmas lights? Like we we got got Christmas lights. Everything's all lit up around us, and it's the light. And I was, I was, every time I drive by and look at it, and I see the the neighborhoods are brighter, the lights shining greater, and it's all because of Christmas. And it, it, everybody is celebrating Jesus, and they don't even know it. And it just makes my heart glad. But I, 
I don't regress because that means you're going backwards, but I am going to go back to where I started, okay? You guys with me? But I think it's important for us to remember that. That's what Hanukkah is about, Jesus being the light of the world, right? Light has no trouble dispelling darkness. All it's got to do is shine. Water, it doesn't have no problem ending a drought. When it shows up, the drought's over. It's... We make things way too hard when we're connected to the light, when we're connected to the one who flows water. He, he's like the woman at the well. He goes, hey, I can got water you know nothing about. You'll never thirst again. We have the answer. We have the way. And it's in Yeshua. God even gave us a clue when he named him. Right? He, he said his name will be Yeshua. Do you know what Yeshua means? God's salvation. So if you need help with that, um, he's telling you, when you say his name, that's what you're talking about, is God's salvation, not our salvation, not our works, not our ways, but God's way. That's what he's talking about. Yahweh is the way. And his name's Yeshua. I love playing with those names because they're cool, right? And I mean playing in all reverence, by the way. Okay, so... Don't want to offend anyone if I offended you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I woke you up. Okay. Where am I at? I'm in Colossians, right? Okay. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches and complete understanding. He didn't want them just to have this traditions and, and ways of man, but he wanted them to have a heart change and a full understanding of who Jesus was and what Jesus did. And so he goes on and he says this, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. Now, he's Jewish, so when he's saying the mystery, he's, and he's saying Christ, what he's talking about is the Messiah, He's talking about the one who was promised from, from time before. You can read about him in Isaiah, right? And many people will be reading about him. He was prophesied for. You can actually see, see pictures of him all the way from Genesis through Malachi. And, um, and I didn't say Revelation because I'm talking about the, the Torah. I'm talking about, about the writings and the prophets and... and um, <clears throat> And so on. So anyway, but he's already in that. He's talking about the one that was promised, the one that they were looking to save. And when he came to save them, he didn't save them in the way that they thought he was going to save them. But he did in a lot of different ways. And so there's only one Savior. There's only one way, and his name is Yeshua. He is the Christ. And that's what, that's what um, Paul's saying here. Is, and here's the thing. It's not you either. And the problem is, is when we get caught up in tradition and religion, we think that we can make ourselves good enough for God and we'll never be good enough for God. It only comes from one thing, and that's his perfect sacrifice. And Jesus died for us, and now we're perfect in him. Right? All those people out there, that, that we think are lost and rotten, Jesus paid for their sins too. 
He loves them too. And so people, I want to stress this all the time, people are never our enemy. They're our purpose. Right? We don't war against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. We love people, right? So here it goes on. In whom, in, namely in Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though, you ever hear people that are really good at arguing? I was in high school, I did um, debate. I did Lincoln-Douglas debate. And, um, hey, and you know what? I got marijuana legalized when I was in high school in a debate long before it was even close. So, in Oklahoma, mind you, right? So, yeah, I was good, man. I liked arguing. I still like arguing. Ask my wife, right? And so, sometimes I let her win just so she thinks she won, but I really like arguing, right? Right? But there's sometimes people can persuade you. And that's why, why what Paul's saying is, I want you to have a complete understanding of who Jesus is and who you are in him. And that was his whole life and his whole mission. So here he's like, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. And delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Now, here's where I was wanting to go. I just took 20 minutes to get here. Now, listen to this. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit. And delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Now listen again. And delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Only problem with this statement is what he's talking to them about is completely not orderly to their traditions. It's not orderly to how the world around them is. Last night I stopped at the grocery store or at a store and I went to the, a vending machine and I got what I needed to get out of it and I turned around and walked back by and I looked at the sign and it said that the vending machine was out of order but I was able to get what I got. <laughs> Wait, God, that was out of order but I was still able, what in the world? And, and the Holy Spirit started talking to me about out of order. See, the world has an order. The world has a way. The world has a system. Religion has an order. Religion has a way. Religion has a control. There's a statement made, and it was in a a newspaper, and it was because our coach, college coach, left. And so um, I still love him, though. Um, He's actually on my second favorite team on the planet, so I, I hope he does good, but just not as good as the Sooners. But he was talking about how it's a blessing that this guy went ahead and left to, to on, in an earthly way. And he said, said this, he said, there's two ingregu- in, incongruent facts. I don't even know what that word means. 
but it sounds smart, so I'm going to read it, right? I got my glasses on, and I'm saying fancy <laughs> words. There's two incongruent facts um, as Americans we don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about, and they're these. One, gargantuan, gar, gargantuan sums of, of time and money are spent in a raging effort to enforce and perpetuate the status quo. Keeping things as they are, because entrenched interests like to remain entrenched and will do about anything to scare the non-not entrenched into believing their best interests are looked out for by the entrenched. Now listen to this one more time. This is a—he's talking about college football. That I don't think it just applies to college football. Now listen to this. One gargantuan, one number one. This he's got two points. One number one gargantuan. That's another big word that you don't see out of here out of this cowboy's mouth very often. Man, that horse was gargantuan. You think you can ride him, Bubba? Pretty sure that's not in the cowboy dictionary. Gargantuan sums of time and money are spent in a raging effort to enforce and perpetuate the status quo. Keeping things as they are, because entrenched interests like to remain entrenched and will do about anything to scare the non-entrenched into believing their best interests are looked out for by the entrenched. So that's not just talking about college football. It's not not talking about keeping a college football system together. We have government systems, and not just government systems, money systems and world systems that will tell you stuff that does not line up with the Word of God, that do not have your interest at heart. You're like, Pastor James, you're going political. No, I'm going truth. Because this is the season of truth. And if we don't speak the truth from where we're at, no one will ever hear it. There is nothing political about this. But there is spirituality and something to grow in it. Now listen. But there's religious system. There, beyond the religious systems and the things in the world, there's paradigms that we've adopted in our own minds and hearts that want to keep us entrenched and enslaved in places where we could be free. I have mindsets that are, I'm going to, I know that God, by God's grace, he's going to change and I'm going to grow out of those things by his grace right now. And so do you. The point is not in that all this stuff's out there. The point is in what Paul's saying. He's like, forget about traditions, forget about religion, forget about the politics. They were trying to kill these dudes. We think we got political problems. Forget about all those things and, and open your minds to realize that Jesus is the way. That your answers are not in something that's external, but it's about something that's in your heart. That God wants to affect change in your heart. Number two, you're like, you just said number one. Like, I could do a whole summer 
session on this first one. This dude ain't even a preacher. Number two, he, he, he says, change is good. You know what? Sometimes it's okay for change to happen. Sometimes it's okay to allow God to affect change. And we see things changing around us, and the number one thing we want to do is, is, is pull back. Oh, no, no, what if this? Because what's happening is we're stepping from what we know, even though it's not fun, even though it's beating us up, even though it looks really bad, we don't want to leave this known place and step into a place of freedom that's unknown. God says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to what we can do, according to his power, that's where? That's in, in us, right? The Holy Spirit's really been put on my heart to change things and to switch things around. And so, so like a, one of the reasons probably that we changed the order of service a little bit and um, every once in a while, because like in my life, and this isn't the only place I'm changing things, I want to be flexible and pliable and not get stuck in a rut. You know what a rut is? It's just a grave with no ends. And if we're not open to say, okay, Father, where are you going to take me? What are you going to do in my life? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? I want to stay in order. But what really, what we think is order a lot of times is not really God's order. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. God's wanting to do something so great in our lives in this season that it will blow your mind. God's going to speak to you and he's going to say, I want you to step out in this area. I want you to step out in that area and I'm going to show you things that you won't even believe. There's things you've been praying for that you forgot you even prayed and God's like, I didn't forget. Like, well, that don't happen. Show me some scripture to back that up. Man, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Because now we can actually get into a Christmas story. Is this too serious for Christmas? Okay, so we start off with Luke, and Luke's talking about how he's, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first witnesses. But Luke says, I'm going to do it. And, it, and he's a smart man. Like, when I read him, you can tell he investigated, and he got his story you know, he, he wanted things lined up. And he starts off, I love this, in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But, you guys ever hear the word but? Everybody's like, like, you're not supposed to say it in church unless it's spelled right. But this is where our lives change. He's saying they were upright, man. They loved God. They prayed and they had waited all their life for something to happen. They were in order of how the world would do things. And they had their plans and they had their boxes that they check off. 
and they prayed and they prayed, God, we just need a child. And it's not like they never heard the story of Abram or Abraham or Isaac or, or, or for that matter, Hannah. Like these were, they, they were Cohen's. They were the seed of Aaron. He was a priest who, was get, who, who drew the lot to, to offer sacrifice or the, to light the incense in the temple. They knew the word. They believed God. They loved God. And the Bible says this. But he says, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. I was praying, I pray, praying about this church and the, the foundation that this church has. And I was just talking to a guy um, last week and, and um, I guess it was a couple weeks ago and I knew him from, I know him from somewhere else and he was like, hey, are you the pastor at Silver Lake? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, hey, when I was a young kid, I went there for like over a year. And he's like, I was on drugs and my life was a mess and then then God ended up delivering me, and now he's doing great things, has his own construction company. And he goes, yeah, but that, that church had a great effect on me. And then I have another pastor friend from, from Ellensburg, and he, he's like, where are you at? And I said, Silver Lake, Silver Lake. He goes, hey, honey, isn't that the church you went to when you were eight? And she goes, yeah, I got saved in that church. I'm another friend. He kind of was like, he goes, where are you at? And I was like, you're going to have to come by and see this church. And and see us, and he goes, where's it at? And I told him, he goes, hey, I, I went there when I was a young kid too. And I was just thinking of the history and the foundation of this church. And I was thinking about how God loves this church and how God has planted this church. And I was thinking about how God wants to grow and do great things in this season. And I think sometimes we forget who we are and where we come from. And forget that there was many prayers that go back way beyond us that have been prayed over this church and over this area. And sometimes we forget, but God will not forget that. You're like, well, how do you know, Pastor James? Because here, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they had prayed and prayed and prayed for, for a baby. And then when they got to a point where they thought they wouldn't have no baby, you know what God did? He remembered. What have you forgot you prayed about? What desire did God put in your heart that you forgot about? Because I'm telling you, He hasn't. And He's going to birth some life to some of those things that you think are dead and he's going to do it this quick and blow your mind. Now watch this. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as a, as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of, for burning the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he, he was startled. 
and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. What prayer? Like, he had done give up. Maybe. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't quit. Maybe he kept believing God. Maybe he kept trusting God. Doesn't matter. Maybe it had been 15 years before he prayed, but God did not forget his prayer. Not only did he not forget his prayer, when he fulfilled that promise, it affected the world, not just for his generation, but generations to come, hence the name on the church. Right? God did something great. Not that John the Baptist is a Messiah or anything. That's like, I'm not saying that at all, right? Because Jesus is the only way. But he did something so great that it is affecting generations and generations. Does that make sense? Is this too serious for Christmas? Now watch. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with her, but then he said, do not, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John, or Yochanan. You know what that means in Hebrew? It means God's grace. Isn't that cool? And he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. And I love it, because God's names are never coincidences. Because here, God's grace pointed the way to God's salvation. It's the same thing that happens in our heart and our lives today. Right? Now watch this. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine, or he's a Nazarite, Many of the people in Israel will bring back, he will bring back to the, to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now this is he's he's quoting um, the Torah, the Old Testament. Now Zechariah asked the angels. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Now let me give you the Cliff Notes version. The angel pops in front of him and says, Hey, Zechariah, there's going to be a birth, a miraculous birth, and, and here you guys are, you're old and barren and don't think you can have kids, but guess what? Surprise, it's a boy. <laughs> and Zechariah's like, Dude, I've been around a bit. I'm old, I know you're an angel, and I know I'm like in the temple burning incense to, to, to the creator of the universe, but guess what? I'm old, my wife's old, you're too late. How can this happen? Like, it was a question, but it wasn't a question like, oh, cool, nice. It was, how can this happen? And he tells why it can't happen. Does God ever tell you something? Put a vision in your heart and then you tell him why it can't happen? Or is it only me? Right? 
And he says, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel, angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sp- sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. He's like, hey, dude, I'm Gabriel, man. I'm bringing you the word of God. And when God says something, it happens. And now you will be silent, not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which came true at the proper time. Now, I'm going to fast forward, because what happened? He couldn't talk until the baby was born. They had to get him a chalkboard, because they didn't have apples in. (laughs) Right? So he had his chalkboard, and he walks out with his, and puts his thing around his neck, and he's like, saying this is what happened because he couldn't even talk until he was born because God's like you just need to shut up and let me do it sometimes when God gives you a promise that's what our answer shut up and let God do it watch him work the Bible says be still and know he is God sometimes we just got to rest in that word rest in what he says and rest in his promise and I'm running out of time so I got to get another baby born real quick the most important baby that ever walked on this earth. Just that. And I got six minutes. I got four probably. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay, so we go from barren to a virgin. Two seemingly impossible situations. You have two different situations in your life. You have two different kinds of prayers you're praying for. You have prayers where you think you're barren and God didn't answer that. And then you have prayers that you've, ne- that you've never seen God do that before. Is that just me? And you know what God says? It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside you. He'll make you alive and make every situation. It's the same spirit that hovered over the earth. And God said, let there be. And there was. It was resurrection and it's life-giving. What's dead in your life that looks impossible? Don't give up. With one breath, he'll breathe life into it. What are you praying for that you maybe or think you didn't even pray for that God's getting ready to hover over and he's hovering over and he's speaking and he's like, I'm getting ready to breathe life into this. Now, this is cool. I love the scriptures because it's so cool and there's so much power in the story. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Highly favored? I'm sure she begged to differ on that. (laughs) That's a different message, totally. Mary was greatly troubled at the words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Yeshua, or Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God 
will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And do you know what her response was? It wasn't one of, yeah, right. It wasn't one, you know what? I've had biology in school. And I kind of know how things work. And that's not how this is going to work. See, none of that. Do you know what she said? How will this be? She's like, okay, I, I don't understand how you're going to do it, but I know if you said it, you're going to do it. What faith? She said, Mary asked angel, since I am a virgin, she's like, I'm just making a point. I'm reminding you. This is what's going on. Now watch. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing. Now listen. For nothing is impossible with God. I'm telling you, don't give up hope. That thing that you thought you were bearing out that's dead, God says, it's already well alone. Watch what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to my power that works in you. For nothing is impossible with God. And you know what Mary's response was? Like most normal human responses, probably should, she should have freaked out more than Zechariah. <laughs> she should have. She had all the reason in the world to doubt, but you know what her response was? I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. She said, May it be to me as according to your word. And you know what? We're going to celebrate the birth of that promise. And we're going to celebrate it this week. But we can celebrate it every day because God's promises are yes, and amen. So when we see a word and we see his promise, maybe our response could be like Mary's. So be it to me according to your word. Amen. amen. So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for being with us. I just pray, thank you for the life you're breathing into every person in the sound of my voice, whether here or by video or, or by um, sound. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.